Judge Jeanine Pirro. She's the outspoken host. Judge Jeanine Pirro is dominating the headlines right now. This is the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Sunday Morning Show. Now, here's Judge Jeanine Pirro. Welcome, everyone, to the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. I hope everyone is enjoying their Sunday so far. It's very cold here in New York City. Uh, but as always, in spite of the cold, we are armed and ready to serve justice with all my great listeners here on the Red Apple Audio Network. Uh, a lot has happened this week in America and some of it uh, not in America. And there's a lot of things to talk about today. Uh, we've got some great guests coming up, but I want to do a quick rundown of what happened and how it might affect you. Uh, certainly on President's Day, some of you may have been off this past Monday. Uh, Joe Biden took off, but he didn't take off to celebrate President's Day in the United States. No, 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 no. Joe Biden decides that what he should do is he should go to Ukraine and give them a half a billion dollars so that uh, they could continue to fight for their sovereignty, for their territory, for their boundary uh, from Russia. And uh, it was a literal, folks, a literal slap in the face to those Americans living in Palestine, Ohio, who are certainly the forgotten Americans that uh, so many presidents have talked about, and even even Joe Biden talked about forgotten Americans. But, you know, it's President's Day. So why did the president go to visit Ukraine? You know, and why did he swear that he'd stay with Ukraine for as long as it takes? And why did he do this, grant, this rant on the global stage that America stands with you? You know, the politics, uh, the truth is, on the domestic stage was a disaster. The weeks leading up to this past week uh, were Biden proving his weakness, remember, with those balloons and China and allowing it to hover over our intercontinental ballistic missile sites. And, uh, you know, Joe Biden pretty much proved to the world that uh, he doesn't have the gumption, the spunk, or the wherewithal to take down any kind of spy craft. Uh, but instead, he's happy to take down a, uh, a $12 balloon from a hobby shop uh, because obviously he can't tell the difference. A sad, sad commentary. And don't think that the Chinese uh, are not watching this along with the Russians. So instead of uh, celebrating President's Day and maybe even going to Palestine, Ohio, uh, he goes to uh, Kiev and he gives them a half a billion dollars to add to the hundred billion. Uh, and I think later in the week, just uh, yesterday, a couple days ago, we may have added another billion to it. So we've got Joe Biden as president, the man who daily destroys the country, trying to revive his presence, you know, on another stage uh, in another country. So imagine that you're sitting in Palestine, Ohio, and the man who single-handedly, Joe Biden, who rebuilt the, the Taliban, uh, is standing there saying that he's going to be there for as long as it takes. The man who leaves Americans in Afghanistan is over in, you, uh, in, in, in Poland and Ukraine saying, we're with you until the end. Uh, you know, the man who was allowing our biggest enemy, China, both economically and politically, uh, allowing them to fly spy craft over our sensitive missile sites and traverse the country. 
Uh, and it's the same guy, by the way, folks, who's allowing the cartels to operate with impunity at our southern border. And so he goes over to Ukraine on President's Day. It's American President's Day, folks, because he's worried about Ukraine. He ignores all the toxic chemicals that are flowing through the small towns and through the, 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 uh, the ponds and the rivers and the creeks uh, and refuses FEMA. FEMA says, no, we're not going to give any money. This is not your hurricane, and there's no structures damaged. Uh, but then, funny thing, Joe Biden goes there, and then all of a sudden, uh, uh, Joe Biden, excuse me, funny thing, former President Donald Trump says he's going, all of a sudden they say, oh, 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 we're, we're going to help, we're going to help. Um, but I want you to listen to what the ruling class, you know, what the elites think of people in, uh, in Palestine. People, I don't know why they would ever go to him for somebody who, who, by the way, he placed someone with deep ties to the chemical industry in charge of the EPA's chemical safety office. That's who you voted for in that district. Donald Trump, who reduces all safety. He yeah. did. Do in they, those days. Do they realize that? those voters yeah, but, saw something on the ground that yeah. probably it, resonates in a way that the they thing. need. Yeah, but they need to look past the photo ops, these people, and Wait. say, who's doing the job here? Forget about the photo ops. Showing up is a big Showing thing, up, though. I think, is I big think this community. is Donald Trump's fault. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure you recognize oh, the, those are the women from The View. I got to tell you, you know, uh, it's amazing. They will blame Donald Trump for anything, anytime. But the truth is Donald Trump showed up. The truth is Donald Trump cared. The truth is that uh, uh, Joe Biden refused FEMA. Joe Biden could have sent Health and Human Services. Joe Biden could have sent everybody on day one. And let's talk about uh, that old empty suit, Pete Buttigieg, the guy who was on paternity leave for the first couple of months of his job as secretary of transportation and then during the one of the worst uh crises we've had in airports domestic flights in this country he's on vacation and now he can't even show up and then also this week nikki haley announces that she's throwing her hat in the ring to run for president good for her i mean she is a, a former governor she is also she was a uh, ambassador to the UN but you know the left they were out there as the left always does and I want you to think about this all they do is trash people Don Lemon got his digs in right off the bat take a listen this whole talk about age makes me uncomfortable I think that I think it's the wrong road to go down she says people you know politicians or something are not in their prime Nikki Haley is in her prime sorry when a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s and Maybe 40s. What do you that's talk? Not Wait. I, that's not according to me. Prime for what? Uh, it depends. I mean, it's just like prime. If you look it up, it'll. If you look, if you Google when is a woman in her prime, it'll say 20s, 30s, and 40s. I don't necessarily. 40s. Oh, I got it. I'm not saying I agree with that. So I think she has to be careful about saying that you know politicians aren't in their prime. You need to qualify. Are you talking about prime for like childbearing, or are you talking about prime for being president? The facts are. Google it. Everybody at home. When is a woman in her prime? It says 20s, 30s, and 40s. And I'm just saying Nikki Haley should be careful about saying that politicians are not in their prime and they need to be in their prime when they serve because she wouldn't be in her prime, according to Google, you know, Google or whatever it is. 
Okay. Yeah. I mean, there you have the most ridiculous conversation I've heard in a long time on television. Now, the truth is that uh, Don Lemon doesn't distinguish between a woman and childbearing capacity and her cognitive capacity. And there was talk about Nikki Haley and bringing in a new generation of leadership. Uh, Don Lemon isn't bright enough to distinguish between the two. And of course, what he's got to do and what they have to do on the left, as they always do, is trash people on the right. Even when they don't comprehend the meaning of what's being said, they're ready to go in there and hate. And so now this is just a little entree into what we're going to be experiencing uh, as we as we start moving into the 2024 presidential uh, race today. We are going to have some great guests. I'm going to be speaking with columnist and media personality Joe Concha about a lot of the stuff that's going on today. And I'm also going to be joined by the founder and the CEO of the Red Apple Media Group, John Katsimatidis. Now, uh, John has written a great book, and uh, he talks about... How far do you want to go? Lessons from a Common Sense Billionaire. Uh, it's a book that I started reading, and uh, he is a uh, fascinating guest. I mean, you, you just may know John Casamitidis as someone who ran for mayor in New York City, but uh, he also owns uh, Gristidis and he can go on and on. But he's a man who has branched out into many different areas, aviation oil, uh, supermarkets, uh, fascinating guy. I think you'll be interested in hearing that conversation. And of course, later on in the show, I'm going to gavel out with my closing argument. Uh, it's all coming up here in just a few moments on the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. It's the Judge Janine Show. This is the Janine Pirro Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Pirro. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. Joining us now is the businessman, the radio host, and the owner of Red Apple Media. Please join me in welcoming John Casamitidis to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. Let me tell you a little bit about John, folks. First of all, as you know, uh, as I just indicated, he's the owner of Red Apple Media. But this guy uh, is not just the owner of Red Apple Media. He is the president and chairman and CEO of Gristidi's Foods, big grocery chain in Manhattan. Uh, and he also is a chairman of a group that has as its subsidiary a refining company, which means he's an oil he also has businesses that uh, are involved in, uh, what, building buildings, and uh, he's involved in all kinds of real estate and supermarkets, gas stations in three states, a half a million dollars, a half a billion dollars in real estate. Enough of that. John is a philanthropist. He has been very kind to not just people who need help, but he's been kind to politicians on both sides of the aisle. And so why is he on today? He's on today because he wrote a book called How Far Do You Want to Go? Lessons from a Common Sense Billionaire. So here's the bottom line. The bottom line is I want to know how to become a billionaire. John Casamitidis, is it too late for me? Janine Pirro, <laughs> it's never too late. Look at the guy from uh, McDonald's. What did he do? He started at the age of 70? Did he? Yes, he did, I think. And then, you know, he made a couple of billion here, a billion here, a billion there. What 
what the heck, you know? I mean, uh, uh, one, you know, one of the things that maybe I was lucky, I lost for mayor in 2013. I remember that, in New York City. And, and you know why? I made a couple billion after that. <laughs> but There's... you want to know something? I would have saved New York City a hundred billion. Yeah. And uh, in, in a way, I was sad I did not win. Uh, and uh, uh, New York is the greatest city in the world. And we, me and you, we all, we love it. And uh, But you know what, John? If you did win, we wouldn't have the problem with defunding the police, the crime, the overarching problems where people are afraid to go out at night. I got to tell you, when, when I went out the other night, it wasn't late. I was, I was scared. I was going into Saks, John, and before I got into Saks on the street, there were like five guys, they were all in hoodies, and they wanted me to buy candy. And I was just lucky I went by them. I had all kinds of visions of what would happen. And when I got into the store, I said, hey, guys, that's not, that's not good out there. And they said, well, we can't stop them. It's a public street. You know, not good. The biggest problem we have, one of the biggest problems uh, we have is law enforcement in our country, and it's going in the wrong direction, and I, I, I really don't understand it. And you know what I said to people? I don't care if they're stealing a loaf of bread. Right. I can understand right. that. Right. But repeat, repeat violent criminals that, that keep committing crimes against society Every day, every week. At what point do you say enough is enough? Is it uh, two strikes and you're out? Is it three strikes and you're out? Is it five strikes and you're out? You got people have committed twenty violent crimes, and and they're still being let out in the streets. They're walking the streets. That's right. That's right. It is. It, look, any any common sense human being uh, understands that you've got to have uh, people who are violent and a threat to the community and society. They have to go to jail if they've committed a crime, period, end of the story. But I want to talk to you about money. You know, as you, I, I was looking at the book, and uh, it, it's interesting. You talk about the fact that the American dream doesn't come with an instructional manual, or, or, or they don't even let you know you know, when you've arrived at the finish line. I mean, how was it for you, John? Well, I, I'll tell you, I came, uh, uh, you know, somebody said to me, you run for president. I said, I can't. I came here when I was six months old. Right. Even though my two grandfathers came in, 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 20, in 1913. Right. And, and I said, um, I, we, I think the immigrants sometimes love America more yep. than, than, than the naturally born Americans. They appreciate uh, look it. At, look at Arnold Schwarzenegger. He loves America, and he's an immigrant. He can't become president either. Yep, yep. Uh, and I wrote the book, Why? I was from Harlem. I was from Harlem of 135th Street in Manhattan, in Harlem by City College. And I had a dream of working hard and being able to you know, remember the old song from one of the uh, television shows? Move to Park Avenue. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I had a dream, but it takes sacrifice, uh, Janine. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, nothing is for free. you got to work hard. Uh, you got to respect people. And one of the reasons I became successful, I love people. I make mm -hmm. new friends every day. Mm -hmm. and, and, and all... I had no bank financing when I was building uh, uh, our operation. But you know what I had? 
I had all our vendors, all the people that did business originally with Red Apple, uh, with uh, Gristini's later on, or, or Sloan's later on, is that they wanted us to succeed by us doing more business. Mm. They did more business. And but you, they, you, you convinced them of that, John. Yes, you convinced them of that, and, and that's what it's all about, having being able to convince your employees that you leadership, your employees have to believe in you when you say charge that they're going to follow you, mm-hmm. and in in your your whether it's your bankers or your vendors that are advancing you money, when you say well, I'm going to do well and you're going to do well, that yeah, they exactly. follow you. Exactly. So that's what the book is all about. My beginning. And how to, you know, by instilling confidence in people that work for you, that instilling confidence in people that that uh, uh, do business with you, whether mm-hmm. it's your vendors or your or, or your bankers, guess what? You're going to move forward. Well, then, where did you get the confidence, John, to move from, you know, the grocery business, from you know, Gristides to I mean, oil. What? How did that happen? Well, it was an accident. Uh, I, I'll tell you. I was in the airline business. You know, I started a company. I had a corporate jet company that eventually became uh, NetJets. Uh, and uh, oh, uh, back up, back up, John Casamitidis. With all due respect, you 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 were the creator of NetJets. I was the original. Oh, me and my pilot, Jim Jacobs. Uh, we we created uh, a company and we built it up to about uh, 48 airplanes. And at that point, we sold it to uh, the guy from Goldman Sachs and Thule. And then they sold it to Warren Buffett. And my pilot, Jim Jacobs, got $50 million when they sold it to Buffett, which was good. It's great, great for a yeah. pilot. He's a, a he was a pilot? great guy. It's all fascinating stuff, John. You are a uh, a testament to someone who loves America, someone who believes in this country, as generous as you are, successful. I want to thank you for what you do for all of us, for bringing back WABC, uh, you know, to its roots of who it is and what it is, and uh, for sharing your success story with us. And Janine, thank you for contributing to its WABC success. You are terrific. People love you. You tell it the way it is, and uh, we love you. Okay, so it's a mutual admiration society. Everybody, thank you. John Katsimatidis, get the book now, guys. You'll you'll really really enjoy it. I enjoyed it. Anyway, all right. Up next here on the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show, I will be speaking with Joe Concha, who will be giving us an update on the tragic train derailment in Ohio and what Pete Buttigieg is or isn't doing to prevent a catastrophe like this from happening in the future. Coming up right here on the Red Apple Audio Network. This is the Janine Pirro Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Pirro. 
Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Joining us now is a radio and television personality. He is a Fox News contributor and a rotating co-host on Fox News' big Saturday and Sunday show. He's also an author. His new book is called, Come On, Man, The Truth About Joe Biden's Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Presidency. Now, I got to tell you, folks, I love Joe Conja because the guy is smart as hell. He's got a sense of humor and he never stops working. Uh, and uh, in case uh, you may have caught him this week, he was uh, uh, sitting in for uh, Stuart Varney. He does a lot, and he, and he is someone that uh, I'm looking forward to having on the show. So welcome, Joe. Welcome to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers show on this Sunday morning. Uh, you know, every Sunday I kind of do a blow through what happened this week. And the thing that really uh, tees me off more than anything, and I'm always teed off about something, is yes. that this uh, this empty suit, Mayor Pete, and I don't want to lead you in any way, but this empty suit, Mayor Pete, shows up in a hard hat in Palestine, Ohio, three weeks, actually 20 days after the train derailment. Uh, do you think he offered the people of East Palestine, Ohio, any hope? I think they were horrified, Judge, when they saw his shoes. All right, that's the type of <laughs> shoes I wear to a bar mitzvah. Okay, to a sweet 16, to when I fill it on the five. I mean, this is ridiculous. Uh, you got to know you're going to a place that's going to be muddy. All right, you're going to the Rust Belt. Dude, put on a pair of boots or sneakers or something. But that just shows you. It, it's so perfect <laughs> in terms of symbolism, Judge, right? That yeah. the Democratic Party, you know, when, when you were growing up, when I was growing up, whether we're talking about Kennedy or we're talking about Carter yep. or we're talking about even Clinton, for that matter, was the party for the little guy, right? And now they become the party for the elites, right? For the big cities. That's or the little, or in, or in Pete's case, the little elites. The li exactly. Thank little. you for clarifying. Yes, thank and, you. And you know what's getting me, driving me crazy? Yeah. That this talking point goes out. It's generated somewhere, but then everybody goes with it. Now, apparently, that 50-car toxic train derailment that released four different kinds of cancer-causing chemicals into the air and water is actually Donald Trump's fault. Of course, the guy who hasn't been in office for 25 months. And they say, well, because he put forth all these deregulations, and that's what made the train crash. Uh, at last check, I, and, and, and maybe I'm just spitballing here, Democrats have had have had control of the House, the Senate, and the Oval Office for the past two years. If those deregulations were so horrible and were going to lead to something like this, I'm pretty sure they had time to reverse them. So yeah. enough with Joy Behar saying that the people of East Palestine got what they deserved. Well, these people saw their property values plummet. They're, they're, they fear of getting cancer. They can't even move out because they can't sell their homes. I, I, I mean, screw you. I'm sorry. That's the only way I'm going to put it. It's a Sunday morning. I should be talking. Nice people are probably driving the church right now. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of this whole everything is Trump's fault when the guy's been gone for two years. Well, let me make it even more clear to the listeners. The truth is that Congress passed a law based upon new findings during the Trump administration that required that there be some cutback on certain things. It was Congress that passed it based on some scientific finding. But here's the bottom line, Joe. What you and I both know, Joe Concha, is that you've got lobbyists, railroads, and, and all of these big companies, big rail companies have lobbyists. The little guy doesn't have a chance. The fact that you've got cancer-causing chemicals, four different kinds, on a train, and I'm, I keep saying this, I don't hear anybody else saying it. When you have semolona wheat, semolona wheat on, uh, on that train, 
frozen vegetables on the train. How could you possibly have food on the same train with cancer-causing chemicals? I mean, no one is supervising or monitoring what's going on with these trains. And by the way, shame on Southern, uh, on Norfolk Southern. The truth is they didn't want to show up on the day of the town meeting because even they thought it was too dangerous. I am tired of people showing up after they realize that it's going to hurt them by not showing up. I want people to show up because I care about Americans. That's exactly right. And Pete Buttigieg didn't show up for nearly three weeks, as you mentioned before, because he didn't feel any urgency to, right? He wrote, what, what, what was the way that ABC News put it? Uh, Pete Buttigieg writes a sternly worded letter to Norfolk Southern. It's like, you remember in the movie Titanic and you yeah. got Leonardo DiCaprio as Jack Dawson? He's on the verge of death, right? He's, he's in this cold water, hypothermia. The guy still has a sense of humor. And he says, I'm going to, he goes, I don't know about you, he says to Kate Winslet, but I'm going to write a sternly worded letter to the White Star Line about this <laughs> and, you know, after the boat goes down. That's Pete, right? He writes letters. He doesn't show up. He didn't show up to any ports for months after the supply chain crisis exploded because he was on maternity leave for two months, which at last check, my wife had two C-sections. There's a recovery time. There was no C-section involved in that particular uh, adoption of, of, of his exactly. kids, right? Exactly. But he took off two months anyway. It's so elitist. And then but, remember what happened over, over the Christmas break. Millions of people stranded in airports. They're sleeping on floors on Christmas Day. And this guy's putting up pictures of him in his pajamas celebrating Christmas at some opulent home somewhere. This is who Pete Buttigieg is. And he wants to be president one day. I think that this ends any speculation around that. This is not something that you undo. You can't unring this bell. He's seen as too slow to the game and too above the types of people that he would need the votes for in places like Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and so on. Well, the other part of it, Joe Concha, is that the guy is a fraud. I mean, there's no question. He was a small-town mayor. Come on, man, in terms of uh, words similar to your book. Come (laughs) on, man. The truth is that if you are a small-town mayor, you know that you've got to show up. I mean, this guy is so arrogant, so condescending. He didn't have his people there. He didn't have DOT there. And let's be straight with with the American people right now. FEMA said no. I want to say that again. FEMA said no to the people in East Palestine, Ohio. We're not covering you. You're not like the classic people that we cover. But on the same day that FEMA says no, you've got the president of the United States, another empty suit, going to Ukraine giving them another what was it a half a billion dollars for uh, four billion with a b for ukraine on president's day a basic middle finger to americans i and and let me just finish with Buttigieg for a second this is a guy who's such a fraud he takes an suv with a bicycle hooked up to it to work and then two blocks from the two blocks from the uh work he takes a bicycle down and, and bicycles in what a fraud Big time. And and I'm glad you brought up Ukraine and and the president and the half billion dollars going there on top of everything we've already given. You know what I don't hear about that situation over there? I think that we call this a pivot, Judge, right? We're pivoting over <laughs> to another topic in our conversation. I, I don't hear anybody talking about solutions, right? It's throw money at the problem. This is like Vietnam in the sense where we have a stalemate right now, right? The mm-hmm. Russians can't advance. They can't get any more ground. And the Ukrainians, they have some good counteroffenses. They push the Russians out. The Russians come back in. We are in what's called a stalemate. And this is going to go on for years because Vladimir Putin 
Putin doesn't care if he loses the 200,000 troops that he already has. He'll go to a half a million, a million Russians dying in Ukraine because he's just going to throw bodies at the problem while we throw money at the problem. And the only person that's bought up, hey, maybe we should sit down and talk about this as far as U.S. politicians has been Donald Trump. Right. You've got to get people in a room now and say, look, we got to come to some sort of solution here because all we're going to do is lose lives and money, treasure, all of that for for a war that is never going to have a resolution as we're seeing. Right. But it's it's not going to happen. And we're just going to keep throwing money at the problem. Meanwhile, China and Iran are now aligned with Russia. Talk about an axis of evil. These are nuclear powers we're talking about. And yet uh, we're we're just think we're going to throw money at the problem. What Ukraine's going to win. They're going to march into Moscow. What's that going to look like? Of course, that's not going to happen. The whole problem here is that I don't think America or certainly Joe Biden uh, who I was uh, Bob Gates said, you know, we never made a correct foreign policy decision in his life, uh, Joe Concha. The That's truth right. is That's that right. uh, we don't even know what the end game is here. Do we continue right. to throw money at it while Americans suffer? Do we continue to protect the border of Ukraine? And don't get me wrong, I personally have given money on behalf of Ukraine. Okay, but at some point I say to myself, you know, Janine, the southern border needs to be protected, not just the border of Ukraine, uh, oh, it, it, you know, in Europe. And why is the United States spending an inordinate amount of money? I think it's $113 billion at this point. And I think the U.K. is $8 billion and the EU is, uh, no, the U.K. I think is $4 billion. The EU is $16 billion. And we were $113 billion. What's that about? You know, and why didn't we come in earlier? If we were so sure, why didn't we come in earlier? We could have stopped this and nipped it in the bud, but we didn't. So we're just going to get sucked into this for how long? And you mentioned uh, as far as the money that we're spending here and, and borders, right, as far as, you know, protecting Ukraine's border, but not our own border. At our own border, since this president came into office, 200,000 Americans have died from opioid overdoses, fentanyl overdoses and and it, it, the russians have lost 200,000 uh, troops in ukraine we're losing 200,000 here at home what is our priority at this point and and talk about showing up but what did woody allen once say he said 90% of success in life is showing up right i feel that way right. about the gym once i get there it's okay but yeah. th- that's the hard part is getting there <laughs> i know you know what i mean but but, but here's the point uh, Joe Biden has shown up, what, one time to the border? And he didn't go to Eagle Pass. He didn't go to La Jolla, like the real hot spots. They, he went to El Paso where they cleaned up the town for him before he got there to make it yep. look like everything's copacetic. And, yep. and Kamala Harris, his, his borders are also same deal, has only gone there mm-hmm. once, never talks about it. We have abandoned our own people. And, and yeah. that's why Trump said when he went to East Palestine, he goes, uh, we will not forget you. And that's that that is reminiscent of 2016. I thought I think Trump's campaign to this point has been uneven at best. Right. I mean, he's he's throwing all these verbal haymakers at DeSantis that have no basis in reality. He really hasn't done too many rallies that have caught people's attention. He's barely doing any interviews. But that moment in East Palestine, when he went there, went to McDonald's, you see the people around him. It suddenly changed my mind. Like, okay, if he does that more. That's the Donald Trump that could win the nomination in 2024 and not the guy throwing these insults at, at DeSantis and others, uh, which which I think people are turned off by. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. The truth is people are looking for a leader. People yeah. are looking for someone who, as you say, is going to show up. And it's interesting. You talk about uh, Joe Concha. 
the 200,000 who die of fentanyl poisoning, not just overdose, it's really poisoning. You know, that is an undeclared war by China against the United States where the Mexican cartels are making a fortune. You know, so we've got the declared war of Russia against Ukraine, but he's not, Joe Biden and his, his team of idiots is not focused on the undeclared war by China killing Americans, creating pills that look like candy that young kids take and teenagers take thinking, you know, oh, this is a legit pill. You know, maybe it's a, uh, uh, maybe it's a, uh, what are they taking? Give me an example. Uh, Well, it's not just Oxy, but some of them take something like a Valium. and and, and, Yeah, Adderall, Valium, whatever. And instead, what it is, is it's uh, it's fentanyl that's going to kill them. But, you know, I want to pivot. You talk about pivoting. I want to talk about uh, Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley, okay, she announces for president, and the view goes ballistic, and and Don Lemon goes ballistic. I have never seen haters, Joe Concha, like the haters on the left. It's so vile, right? I mean, we we, we talked about the view a little bit before, but uh, the fact that Don Lemon says that a woman over 50 is not in her prime. uh, Last check, Don Lemon is 56. And I would say that, oh, does that mean that he's not in his prime? But you'd have to have a prime first in order to have a prime. And Don Lemon never really has. And then you have Whoopi Goldberg defending him on The View. And and just the way they go after her, because she has the audacity of being a woman of color and is still a Republican. She has betrayed her race, we hear about. It's just so disgusting. I don't know how else to put it. And Lemon's now back on the air because apparently this guy is unfireable. And I'm not saying that he should be fired. I think you let the the market speak for itself. All right, what kind of viewers is that morning show bringing in? Well, (laughs) when I look at the numbers, they they get three, four hundred thousand people. Oh, it's ridiculous! Show it is ridiculous. Fox and Friends gets one point like six million. (laughs) Yeah, and 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 the five that we're on, the five that I'm on, it gets three and a half, four million people. It's crazy. Let's talk about that because I find it remarkable that a show that's on at two o'clock on the West Coast, the middle of the afternoon. When people are working, all right, or three o'clock in the Mountain West, or four o'clock in Chicago, five o'clock here in the city, when people are in cars, they're they're going home. You guys crush everything. It's remarkable. Yeah. Three point six, three point seven million. And the funny thing is, this this came about twelve years ago. The show it was supposed to be a summer fill-in after yep. Glenn Beck left the network. I'll oh, just put five people around a table and see what happens. Well, it turns out it was a genius idea. Well, and now you guys are doing so well. I mean, because you know why. Somebody asked me once, and I'm sorry to interrupt you. Uh, they said, what separates Fox from the other networks besides the fact that Fox covers stories that, that the other networks refuse to touch or or the way they go about their business? I, I said, it's two things. They don't speak down to people, and we actually have a sense of humor. Like, we're actually authentic. Like, the five works because that is what a happy hour conversation would look and sound like instead of these other networks where they're just so pretentious and pious. And I think that's why. Sense of humor and authenticity, that's what separates Fox from the other networks. As we pat ourselves on the back. Not, no shameless self-promotion whatsoever here, Judge. Well, you know, and I do appreciate it, but I, I got to tell you, I mean, it is it is honesty, and it is also, we present two points of view on uh, yeah. on the five. I mean, you know, it's not just uh, it's not just ideology the way they do it on CNN. But let, let's just pivot again right now. Um, what When we've got anarchy on the streets, and it seems that this social justice uh, effort that they have 
isn't isn't winning. I mean, at some point, don't the people on the left have to say, you know, we made a mistake with defund the police. I personally think if you focus on defunding the police, we'll defund the police as it relates to you. If you're in favor of defunding it, then you don't get the police to respond. Okay, to your house. Uh, well, don't police dispatch, don't go to your house. If you really are in favor of defunding the police, we'll take you off the list. That's all. Imagine what a world like that would look and sound like, right? And and uh, that's what they tried to do in Minneapolis, for example. Thank, thank God uh, it, it didn't pass. But but here's here's the deal with, with defunding the police. Even now, they uh, you you heard uh, the president, you heard Eric Adams. They say no, actually, we want to refund the police. We we want to bolster police forces. It all doesn't matter if, and you know this better than anybody, <laughs> Judge. Yeah. If you don't have DAs that enforce the laws on the books, if you have an Al- Alvin Bragg here in New York City where people are getting arrested and they're literally laughing, and, and they'll, they'll tell cameras as they're being brought into the police station, yeah, I'll "Don't be worry, out. I'll be out in a couple of hours." We, we literally have it yep. on tape. Then it all doesn't matter. And now we see what's happening. New York City, four thousand police officers resigned last year, all-time record. But they didn't resign from doing police work. They just moved to other places like Florida, where they yep. added. 1,000 police officers just since July and alone by, because DeSantis is smart. And, well, and by the way, they also got like a bonus, a sign-up yeah. bonus. Anyway, all right. All right. I got to tell you, Joe Concha, it's been great having you on the show this morning. I really appreciate it. We thank you for being on. And, uh, you know, keep plugging. We look forward to having you on again. Have a great day, Joe. What a fun conversation. Let's do it again. Let's <laughs> do lunch. got it. Yes. Brunch. Yes. Sunday. Talk to you later. I, I never do lunch, by the way. Bye. Okay. Bye. All right. And never forget, join the Tunnel to Towers Foundation on its mission to do good in honor of America's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. And up next on the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show, I'm going to be speaking with the founder and CEO of Red Apple Media and the CEO of Gristini's Food. John Katsimatidis, and I'm going to ask him, what does it take to become a billionaire? And can anyone become a billionaire? It's all coming up right here on the Red Apple Audio Network. This is the Judge Janine Show. This is the Janine Pirro Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Pirro. Okay, now it's time for me to gavel out with my closing argument. All right, you heard from uh, two fascinating guests today, Joe Concha and John Katsimatidis, uh, talking about some of the ills that are going on in our society right now. So Joe Biden makes a surprise visit to Ukraine, making sure that they understand that they have our unwavering support. There's a really great job you did over there in Ukraine. You gave them half a billion and your FEMA turns down money for people in Palestine, Ohio. As soon as Joe goes over to Ukraine and pledges their unwavering support, the first thing that Putin does in Russia is opt out of the START treaty. That Biden is not too smart. We are going to have a presidential election uh, in 2024, and some of the bigger names are out there. Uh, Governor DeSantis is not 
yet announced. People are expecting that he will. But he's doing a pro-police tour through Democrat-run cities, which is a very interesting way to introduce himself parts of the country that aren't as familiar with him as maybe Washington and Florida. Uh, and he talks about the fact that, uh, you know, Florida's crime uh, numbers are at a 50-year low. And that we know from the city we've got people leaving the police department and they're going to Florida. Why? Because, number one, it's safer there. And, number two, they get a $5,000 signing bonus. They support the police uh, down there in Florida where Governor DeSantis is. Uh, DeSantis is attacking the woke messaging and the absurd bail law that allows some of the stuff that we've seen this week. You know, uh, some dirtbag who goes out, shoots a 20-year-old woman, then shoots a 9-year-old girl, then shoots a, a news reporter after he returns to the scene. I mean, we got to stop these guys, folks. We've got to stop them. And I am sick and tired of listening to the left and their social justice nonsense. We have got a nation on the edge and we've got to bring it back. We've got to make it safe. And that is the first order of government. And I like that crime is going to be the number one issues, uh, the number one issue. And I hate that people like Kathy Hochul uh, ended up telling New Yorkers that, oh, it's just a perception of a crime. Everything is fine. It's not fine, everyone. We've got a job to do and we've got a lot of work to do before the next election in 2024. So. You know, put on your boxing gloves and get ready. I know I am. Uh, and uh, make sure that you join us right back here next week. Same time, same place for the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. I'll see you next Sunday or at the very least, I'll be talking to you. Have a great day, everyone. Take care.